You are Locked On Women's Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Megdahl, reminding you that you can follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnWBB. You can go ahead and like us on Facebook, Locked On Women's Basketball. We would urge you to subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcast listen of choice. Uh, please rate and review us if you can as well. Uh, how is that? Is that good enough self-promotion, Brittany? What do you think? That's some good promotion. Good. I, I appreciate that coming from someone with a degree in communications from Syracuse and part of what I believe to be the best backcourt in college basketball. Brittany Seitz, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thanks for having me. place I'd love to start is the extent to which you have viewed the WNBA and basketball as your career. You, you have an opportunity to do basically anything you want between that communications degree from Syracuse, you're getting your master's uh, in the School of Education now. Has mm-hmm. that been your view from the start, the idea that the WNBA is where you want to be? Yeah, I mean, that's always been my my one true goal out of college. But, I mean, um, after a few roadblocks, I kind of woke up and realized that school it's way more important, you know, school is the end game. You know, basketball is, uh, you know, something that I can fall back on, but ultimately school has to be the ultimate backup plan. So I kind of locked in on school, and I know that the league will always be there, but I had to get my degrees first. Well, now, it strikes me as a real uh, hand-in-hand situation uh, to be – someone who is uh, politically aware and active and and you don't hesitate to be political uh, on your Twitter feed and elsewhere and to be a woman of color in the public eye especially in times like these that communications background having the background that you have and being a public figure uh, have you thought about that element of uh, things whether it's playing for a high-profile team like Syracuse or even what you know when you go to take that next step well, I mean, you all, I mean, in, in, in any situation, uh, I feel um, anyone, and it doesn't matter who you are, you just have to be aware of everything. And I think Syracuse uh, gave me that that type of that, that type of eyesight into where I could just look out and just realize, you know, through my communication degree that I can do a lot of things. And now that I'm in the School of Ed, I'm just adding on to what I can do um, and it's just, it's all thanks to them. They've, uh, Syracuse University, my coaching staff, they've all really helped me grow and to become the person that a lot of people see today. And as far as speaking out about issues that matter, you, you know, a former teammate of yours, obviously, from uh, from the Bells, uh, Brianna Stewart, was just at uh, mm-hmm. protest, you know, at LAX. Do you, yeah. do you feel like, A, it's a responsibility uh, for you, and, and B, it's an opportunity that, you know, the fact that you're able to play basketball at this elite level uh, also allows you the opportunity uh, to have, let's say, a greater voice, a greater say? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of her for doing that. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, just when, when you have a voice, I think you should really use it. And, um, and she did. The, the platform that she has, the platform that she holds to be there at that rally, you know, can ignite another fire that starts off in something positive. Um, so I believe, you know, for me to have the voice that I have, I have to figure out a way to do something 
You know, I just can't do anything. I don't think anybody should do just any, you know, nothing. Mm-hmm. But um, if <laughs> so, you know, if it's if it's something like you know, just saying, you know, I'm here for you, or on a grand scheme of things, of going to a rally, um, you know, whatever somebody can do to help towards the situation, you never know what little thing you can do. And I'm all about the little things. So, um, you know, I, I, if they had a rally out here in Syracuse, I'd probably go. But um. Again, I'm just really proud of her, and she's using her platform well, and I, I hope to do the same. Well, I, I don't, I don't doubt that you will. I, I you, you come from Newark, which uh, you are just the latest in the long line of prestigious people, whether it's uh, Sarah Vaughan or Shaquille O'Neal or Philip Roth or my parents, as the case may be. Mm-hmm. T- take me through some of your earliest memories of playing basketball in Newark and how you fell in love with the game. Well, I mean, when I was little, uh, I used to play in my grandparents' backyard with my older cousins. That's how I I got started, actually. And um, we would be playing back there. There would be dogs running around, a whole litter, and it would just be uneven concrete. So you'd have to learn how to dribble the ball in certain certain spaces, or the ball would just ricochet and go um, into the to go into where the dogs were and nobody really wanted to go there because <laughs> all they did was poop and, and run around. Understood. So, um, yeah, so, you know, you, you kind of learned the, the backyard helped in your, to your advantage. But um, it just started there. And then I think around fifth grade, I started going to a, um, uh, like a little YMCA. It's called the Gallon Center at Irvington Center. Mm-hmm. I started going around the corner there and, playing ball there and I, I was um they had little um divisions little fry and then, I mean well not little fry small fry and then it's almost like pop Warner football for basketball right so it was um it was pretty cool I met a lot of people there and then I'm actually still cool and close with but um they really helped me out um throughout my fifth to eighth grade year when I would go there all the time and once I went to high school it was all about basketball, all about my team, and all about books. But um, once I got to, to, to high school, university, it was just I was under Coach Fee Wing for four years. And, and when did you know that, look, I, I'm not just playing basketball, but I'm really special. I have a chance to do really big things in the sport. Was there a moment? Was there someone who told you that? Was there uh, a moment in a game that helps you realize it? Yeah, um, Coach V, my high school coach, she definitely, she put that bug in my ear. I mean, I knew I was good, and I wasn't even thinking about college. I knew that it would come, but I was more so when I was playing basketball in eighth grade, saying to myself, I'm going to go to the league, I'm going to go to the league. When I met Coach V, Coach V put that idea in my ear that, hey, you can go to college for free. And, you know, Knowing that college is expensive, I was like, yeah, I'm all for it. What do I need to do? And I'm just a wide-eyed freshman just standing in front of her. I'm I'm only one of three to make varsity, and I stay on varsity all four years. I barely play my freshman year, but she made it to where even though I wasn't playing, I was still learning. Mm -hmm. And I never was upset about not playing because she made me realize that, you know, sometimes you have to wait your turn. My turn just happened to be next year, my sophomore year. But who was in front of me, I learned from. I had Nadira McKinnis, Lauren Mincy, 
I had these type of players that, you know, went to the league and are playing overseas, and and there was no problem playing behind them because I got to learn a lot from them just from sitting and watching. So, you know, I became the type of player that I knew that I can go to college because of them, because who was before me and what Coach C was was telling me during those years. And do you think there was a greater consciousness about uh, the league because the Liberty at that time were playing home games at the Rock at the Prudential Center, or uh, was that something that even predates it for you? Um, I think the Liberty were, were were still in New York at the time. They were, okay. They moved, yeah, they were in New York still. Uh, they moved to the Prudential Center maybe around my, I want to say junior year in mm-hmm. high school maybe, but I still knew about the league and I would have the New York Liberty stuff and I was a huge Seattle Storm fan. Hmm. I mean, I still am kind of biased. But <laughs> I mean, b- before <laughs> before Bree went to Seattle, they were one of my um favorite teams, especially the Lauren Jackson and Sue Bird duo. Yeah. Um I really loved them together. But um yeah, it's just, it's weird. I just I just really just knew that the league was there and that, you know, all I wanted to do was just play basketball. I didn't really care about academics, but um, that's that changed a lot. But at the same time, I still had in the back of my head that I was going to be going through the league. Now, it's interesting. You talked about it changing a lot. You, you went through something few people have, which is two ACL tears in your knee in 10 months. You, you told a reporter uh, with the Post Standard that it saved you. Uh, tell me about what you meant by that and how it relates to, let's say, off the floor, but on the floor as well, mm-hmm. as far as what kind of player you were and are. Well, well yeah, it, I mean, like I told um, the post standard, it, it definitely saved me. I think it um, it was it was almost like me getting a second chance. And it sounds crazy because the way the second chance came about, me tearing my ACL twice, but it gave me a chance to really fix who I was as a person, redefine me as a person. I no longer wanted to be um, Brittany, the basketball player. I just wanted to be Brittany, who plays basketball for Syracuse. I wanted to, you know, be Brittany without basketball. And I wanted people to see me for something other than basketball, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Uh, Go ahead, please. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so doing that and essentially altering the trajectory of what you're doing off the floor, it seems to have impacted, though, the type of player you were on the floor as well. Do you, do you see the yeah. two as just uh, just 100% related? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I, in, in life now, I believe that, you know, if you if you try your hardest to be the best person you can be being the best player or being a great teammate will come mm-hmm. so because you can be a great player but be have a have, but have a terrible personality have a terrible attitude and yeah you score and yeah you know you get the job done but it's you know and people are going to remember you as a person too and i want to make sure that i'm remembered as a great person i i i, I make sure that I'm I'm a nice person. I make sure that I'm unselfish. I make sure that you know I I, I care about little things, and I and I'm always a caring person. But 
I was selfish in the aspects of all I cared about was just scoring, doing doing things on the court. The only thing that mattered was on the court. And after my ACL tears, I realized that when I don't have that, I need I needed to figure out who I was without basketball, and that was the craziest journey because I never realized that all I all I cared about was my basketball identity. And I didn't care enough about who I was as a person. So once I began to go through that journey and and figure out who Brittany was as a person and as an individual, basketball became more fun than it already was because now I'm on the court. I know who I am. I know what I want to do. I know what I want to execute. Now I'm helping my teammates out even more. I probably pass the ball too much, but it's, it's, it's that type of – love I have for the game now and how much I took it for granted and having it snatched so fast especially the second time it um it really made me aware of where I needed to you know pick up the loose ends at and Mm -hmm. that was just excuse me that was just you know when we're down fight through adversity don't give up or you know if I'm tired so what fight through it you know everybody else is tired too it's not all about me, you know, it's about my team first, and it was just those things there that just made me a better person, and that allowed me to be a, a better teammate, and, and worry about not just scoring, scoring isn't everything. And, and that, scoring is, is, yeah. is, is yeah. yeah. No, I was going to say, that, that leadership manifested itself in a really significant way as you guys went through the Final Four run, and so yeah. if you take a look at your numbers from last mm. year into this year, uh, the, the efficiency is up remarkably. You're shooting 48.5% from the field this year. You were 35.2 last year, and, and that's up not only from two, but also from three, even from the free throw line. I'm wondering whether the numbers we're seeing now over the full season this year were present in your game dating back to last March and whether you feel like the player you were during that Final Four run is very much the player that you've been this season? Um, it's weird because last last season was a year where I was just trying to get my knees back on me, mm-hmm. try to you know figure out who I was going to be coming out of two ACL tears. I didn't know what to expect. I was nervous. I thought I had lost some of my bounce. But, you know, I, I, I got all of it back, probably even more. I'm, I'm I'm way stronger. And I just think last year was just a year to just get my feet wet. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of went into the year expecting to, you know, be the same player. Not be the same player, but, you know, still be the athletic Brit, you know. But then I ended up realizing I lost my first step a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm, I was more tentative than I thought I would be. And um, towards the end of, you know, the season going into March, I started to get it back. And I had numerous talks with friends that have torn the ACL, and they all told me, like, hey, it's going to come. You just don't know when. And all season I'm just looking at my knee like, when is it going to come? Mm-hmm. And it started, And it came at the right moment. It came in March when we really, really needed it. And, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. It, and I was able to do the things I needed to do to help my team get to the, the national championship. Now you fast forward to this season, it just, everything I did in the summer, I made sure I got all the kinks out. I was doing two-a-days, 
making sure I, I, I shot as many shots as I could while still resting my knee. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just, a lot of the preparation went in, in the summer. I, I just, I don't think I had one free day in the summer. And if I did, I spent it sleeping. Right. So, um, I just think it really paid off this season. And sometimes I, I look at the stat sheet and I go, wow, like I did that. And sometimes Coach Tammy will be like, yeah, you were playing awesome. And I'm just looking at her like, well, I'm just happy that what I prided myself off in the summer, it's paying off now. I actually see the results of what I did during the summer. I, I mean, you look even in terms of, you know, rebounding. And, and someone at your size, at your position, isn't typically grabbing eight rebounds a game and among uh, the conference leaders in rebound percentage. So, you know, it manifests itself across the board. I'd like to focus on two numbers in particular, though. The the 40.7% you're shooting from three and taking that to, like you said, you know, beyond even what you were doing prior to the two injuries. Is that something that, as you're thinking about the next level, uh, it's vital to be shooting that three uh, in, in a way that allows you to be a guard in the WNBA? Is, th- is that on your mind as you're, as you're working on that still? Well, yeah, that's that's definitely on my mind to make sure that, you know, I'm a triple threat. Mm -hmm. You know, at the next level, everybody is athletic. Everybody can get to the basket. It's shooting that's going to separate you. It's it's being able to handle the ball that will separate you with a lot of the guards in the league. You have tremendous ball handlers, tremendous – people who can get to the basket, tremendous people who can shoot. But when you get a couple of players who can do all three efficiently, it's 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 a nightmare to, to try and guard. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so for me, I know when during the, well during the summer when I was shooting, my main goal because I always love to shoot the three and my percentage was just terrible. But um I I made sure when going into this season that if I was going to shoot the three as much as I wanted to to prove that I can make a consistent shot I had to shoot 35% or above Mm -hmm. so every day in the gym I would just go get on the gun I would shoot up to at least 500 shots or make 500 or make 250 and come back make another 250 I lived on the gun I lived on just shooting pull-up jumpers and I just wanted to make sure that if I was going to take the shot, I had to make it. I didn't want to be a taker anymore. I wanted to be a maker. And that's what we call it on our team, just a taker or a maker. And people can take millions of shots, but it only matters when you make them. So, and it's you know, interesting. Sometimes it, yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting to that end because it was increasing your three-point shooting percentage across the board as a team uh, that seemed to elevate you during the NCAA tournament. So obviously having you mm-hmm. at the forefront uh, of that going going into this season was significant. But there's another aspect of your game that's grown. And, and so I couldn't help but laugh when you said uh, maybe you almost passed too much because your assist percentage has doubled this season and you're playing next to an assist machine in Alexis Peterson but (laughs) you you can't practice that really in individual workouts so I'm just wondering Mm -hmm. how you think that has changed is it a question of taking more of those opportunities do you think you are seeing the game uh, better or differently than you did What, what what do you how do you account for it well I think I always had the eye for 
passing the ball, it's weird. My my high school coach, um, when I was in high school, I would have to I I played the point guard position for almost a whole season, mm-hmm. and she was a point guard. And when we talk, she sometimes is very biased and gives me point guard advice about looking for players, but still looking for my offense and. You know, just doing the things that I'm doing this season, just making sure when I'm coming down a transition, yeah, I can attack, but okay, if I don't have it, you know, keep your dribble, look to the side, look, you know, see the play before the play happens. And I just would talk to my teammates, and, and every time I drive to the basket, the twins are aware now, hey, let me step down, go opposite of, of Brittany, because she told me, watch out for the dump off. Now I'm getting more dump offs to them. Or I can see Julia, or I know where Slim is in transition. Well, I know where Alexis is transition. I can find them. I can penetrate, and if I don't have it, <clears throat> I know where I can kick it out to. But um, it's just something that I like to do. I, I like to pass the ball. I like to get other people involved because honestly, it makes my job or Alexis' job way easier than it is uh, every night. And when we get other people going, now the team really has that we're playing has a problem in guarding all of us. Some teams believe that if you just guard, you know, two people, that the game is sealed. When really, you you have to <clears throat> guard other people coming off the bench, guard other people on the floor, and that that makes the game so much more fun. Because now we're all still working as a unit, but now we're all we're we're all feeding each other in a way that there's it's no way that we can't win that game. Uh, I mean, it's a pleasure to watch, too, so I, I can only imagine how much fun it is to be a part of. <laughs> I, I, I am going to put you on the spot and ask you this. Are you guys the best backcourt in the country? <laughs> I don't know why people ask this and expect us to say no. <laughs> I don't. Fair I really enough. don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, numbers don't lie. No, no, they don't. Let, let me ask you one more thing before I let you go. You you and I spoke the night of the championship game, and for a competitor like yourself, it, it had to be a difficult thing, even knowing you're going up against a team like UConn, uh, to lose and lose that way and to come that close to a national championship. Take me through what your emotional process was like after that happened. You know, What were your next few days like? How did you process and how do you think about that uh, experience in retrospect? Um, well... For me, it was hard. Um, I was torn between being, you know, obviously upset that we didn't win. And then I was happy because on the other end, my best friend just did something that nobody else in college history has ever done. Mm -hmm. You know, win four in a row. So, you know, it sucked that I had to have been the the last team. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I was so blessed to I was so blessed to have that experience and to be there but um I definitely definitely left a sour taste in my mouth I'm not gonna lie and just sitting in the locker room and I cried a little bit and then I stopped crying and I look around and and at that point I was in my head about okay well you know are you gonna stay are you gonna leave are you gonna go to the next level there was just a lot of things going on and after that loss, I just looked around and, and, and I was talking to our managers and um, I just looked at them and, and they were looking at me and I, and I just opened my mouth and I'm like, I can't leave. <laughs> and then they go, what? 
and I can't leave. I I couldn't leave on that type of note. It did. It wouldn't sit well with me. I had to. I had to come back. It was just one of those things where it was like, you know what? It happened. I'm going to learn from it. But I'm not going to leave on that note. I'm not going to leave college on the note that we lost in the national championship. I just can't. Wow. So, Well, we're, yeah. I, I think everyone, Syracuse uh, fans and everyone else, is very happy to see that you not only have returned, but you have... Uh, continued to build on the success and, and it shouldn't come as any surprise but I was struck at the time by how your strength in that moment mm. and so everything that's come since is I'm sure a natural outgrowth of that uh, well Brittany Seitz I, I'm so grateful for your time and uh, wishing you nothing <laughs> but the best and looking forward to our paths crossing again soon thanks for being on the program yeah no problem thanks for having me again I really appreciated it and just a reminder to our listeners, and Brittany, I, I, you'll appreciate this, I'm sure. You can follow us on Twitter <laughs> at LockedOnWBB, like us on Facebook, Locked On Women's Basketball, or go ahead and subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcast listen of choice. Go ahead and rate and review us as well. Uh, I'm Howard Meddow, wishing you a wonderful day. <laughs>